Rose, Bryson, Mommy, and Victoria. <clears throat> and today we're reading a story called A Little Princess, adapted by Deborah Hotzig, as illustrated by Natalie Carabetta. So let's get started. On a dark winter day in London, Sarah Crewe sat in a cab with her father. Usually, Sarah was happy, but not now. Her father was going far away. Papa, said Sarah, cuddling close to him, can't you stay with me at Miss Minchin's school? Her father smiled sadly. No, my dear, I must go back to India, and it is better for you to be here. So when you look at this picture and they're in a carriage, do we think that this is a story that's being told during today's time or from long ago? Um, today. I meant long ago. Long ago. And why would it be from long ago? Because we don't have carriages. We don't have carriages like that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. When they came to the school, Miss Minchin was waiting. She had a cold, fishy eyes and a fishy smile. Sarah wanted to like her, but it was hard. Sarah's happiness means the world to me, Captain Crewe said. She must have everything she wants. Miss Minchin's eyes gleamed. She knew Captain Crewe was very rich. Of course, she said. Come, I will take you to Sarah's room. So he's dropping her off at something called a boarding school, which is a school where you drop kids off and they live at the school. And then the parent goes and he's going to go back to a different country called India, which is where he works. Sarah's room was cheerful and lovely. Lace curtains fluttered in all the windows. There were shelves filled with storybooks and many beautiful dolls to play with. After Miss Minchin had gone, Sarah sat on her father's lap and touched his face. Are you learning me by heart? He said gently. No, I know you by heart. You're inside my heart, said Sarah. She kissed him goodbye. So she was sad because he was going to be leaving for a while. The next day, Sarah met her schoolmates. Everyone had heard about Sarah. She has a maid and a pony and boxes of fancy dresses, whispered Lavinia. Miss Minchin says it is silly for a child to have so much. Girls, you must welcome Sarah Crewe, said Miss Minchin. Sarah, sit by me. Lavinia turned red with anger. Sarah is sitting in my place, she hissed. Lavinia was mean and bullied the younger girls, but before Sarah came, Lavinia had been the star pupil, which is star student. Now Sarah walked at Miss Minchin's side. She was a star, but she was never nasty. Sarah was always kind and giving. The other girls were enchanted by Sarah. She made up such wonderful stories. 
Every day they gathered round to hear Sarah tell about kings and princesses and fairies and mermaids. Sometimes Sarah saw Becky, the servant girl, listening. Miss Minchin was forever scolding Becky, and Becky was very fearful and shy. Sarah spoke a little louder. That way, Becky could hear, too. She's a girl just like me, Sarah said to herself, and stories belong to everyone. Sarah wanted to know more about Becky. One day, she got her chance. She walked into her room and found Becky fast asleep. Poor thing, she cried softly. She worked so hard. She waited quietly until Becky woke up. Oh, miss, cried Becky. Please pardon me. Don't be afraid, said Sarah. We are just the same. I am a little girl like you. Can you stay and have some cake with me? Becky's hungry eyes grew huge. Cake? Oh, yes, miss. Thank you, she said. Her name is Becky. She's a servant girl. That She basically works there, and she does all the chores. The next few minutes seemed like a dream to Becky. Sarah was so nice to her. Once I saw a princess, Becky told Sarah, you look just like her. Sometimes I pretend I am a princess, Sarah said. I make up stories about it. One day I'll tell them to you. Oh, miss, said Becky. Stories are even better than cake. Sarah knew just what Becky meant. A week before her birthday, Sarah got an exciting letter. It was from her father. Captain Crew had a friend who owned diamond mines. The friend had asked Captain Crew to be his partner. Sarah's father would be even richer now, a man of fortune with lots of money. That wasn't all. You must have a special birthday, wrote Captain Crew. I have told Miss Minchin to give you a huge party. And what a party it was. Every room was hung with holly and colored balloons. There were six different kinds of cakes. A table was piled high with gifts. Thank you all for coming to my party, said Sarah, feeling a bit shy. Very nice, said Sarah. Very nice, Sarah, said Miss Minchin. You behave like a real princess. Suddenly, Miss Minchin was called away from the party. A visitor had news for her. A few minutes later, Miss Minchin returned. She had a hard look on her face. The party is over, she shouted. Go to your rooms. Not you, Sarah. Now Sarah was alone with Miss Minchin. Your father is dead, Miss Minchin said coldly. Sarah did not make a sound. Her eyes got big, and she turned pale. He left no money at all, Miss Minchin told her. You are not a princess anymore. You are a beggar. You must work for a living. Now go to the attic. You will sleep there next to Becky. But when Sarah turned to leave, Miss Minchin said, Stop! Aren't you going to thank me for my kindness? I am giving you a home. Sarah lifted her chin. It shook a little. You are not kind, she said fiercely, and this is not a home. Sarah slowly climbed the stairs to the attic. When she opened the door, her heart fell. It was the saddest room she'd ever seen. The paint was peeling and there was a hard bed and a shabby little stool. Cold ashes filled the fireplace. The dirty window looked out on the house next door. It was dark and empty. Sarah 
Sarah began to cry. My papa is dead, she said over and over. There was a soft tap at the door. Becky came in. She had been crying too. I'm so sorry for you, miss, she said. Sarah tried to stop her tears. You see, Becky, she said bravely. I told you we were the same. Just two little girls. I'm not a princess anymore. Becky threw her arms around Sarah. Yes, you are, miss, she said. You will always be a princess. No, you won't. <laughs> Sarah's new life was horrible. She worked and scrubbed and cleaned from morning until night. Most of the girls felt sorry for her, but not Lavinia. She loved to watch as Princess Sarah cleaned her room. She always found extra work for Sarah to do. Bring me more coal for the fire. My father can pay for it, snapped Lavinia. Those shelves look dusty. Clean them again. Then you may polish my shoes. She's the girl that got mad that Sarah took her seat on the first day. Lavinia. Sarah quietly did as she was told. What? Is she the one that was working too? No. The one that was working too was Becky. Lavinia was the star student from before. Sarah was sent out in the rain and in the snow to do chores for Miss Minchin. All she had to wear was a thin coat and old, worn-out shoes. She shivered with cold. She never had enough to eat, so she was always hungry. But Sarah never complained. I have to be brave, like a real princess, she told herself. Papa would want that, and I can pretend that I am warm and full and happy. Pretending makes everything better. Her papa did? I don't know. It didn't say why. Every night, Sarah told Becky stories. Sometimes the stories were about them. Our room is so high, it's like a cozy nest, Sarah said. Pretend there's a soft rug and a hot fire and a shelf full of books and a table with tea and cakes and a big soft bed with silk covers. Think of it. Oh, miss, Becky would say, how lucky we are to be here. Because when Sarah told it, it felt real. Sarah looked out her window one evening and saw lights. People were living in the house next door. Who were they? Finally, Sarah saw someone, but it wasn't a person. It was a little monkey. He sat chattering by the window. Suddenly, the monkey leaped across the roof to Sarah's window and jumped onto Sarah's head. Sarah laughed with delight. <laughs> Seconds later, an Indian gentleman named, came chasing after the monkey. His name was Ramdas. He looked in Sarah's window. Come back, you bad monkey, he scolded, but he smiled as he said it. By now, the monkey was racing around the attic. After a short chase, he jumped into Sarah's arms. Sarah handed him to Ramdas. Thank you, miss, said Ramdas. My master will be so grateful. He is always sad, and the monkey makes him laugh. Why is he sad? asked Sarah. His best friend died, said Ramdas, and now he's looking for his friend's child. He will not rest until he finds her. I'm sorry, said Sarah. I hope your master finds the child. Ram Dass took the monkey home and told his master all about Sarah. She lives in a cold, awful room, said Ram Dass. It's no place for a little girl.
That night, Sarah went to bed hungry and cold as usual, but when she woke up, she was warm and cozy. She reached out and felt a satin blanket. I must be dreaming, she said. Then she opened her eyes. This can't be real, she gasped. But it was. A thick rug lay on the floor and there was a glowing fire and a table covered with food. A silk robe and slippers lay waiting for her. A pile of books lay nearby. On top was a note. To the little girl in the attic, from a friend. Who do you think left all that? Well, not her dad, but who, what do we think about? It might have not been true. Um, who did they just, who, who did they just meet? Um, the Indian. The Indian with the monkey and the, and the man that was looking for his friend's child. Sarah ran to get Becky. It's magic, she cried. A magician came while we were sleeping. Two girls sat by the fire. They had fruit and muffins and tea. Will it all melt away? asked Becky. No, said Sarah. I pinched myself to be sure that it was real. The girls didn't expect the magic to happen again. But we're going to find out. From then on, every morning and every night, a cheery fire and a hot meal waited for them. Sarah still worked hard. Miss Minchin was nastier and meaner than ever. But Sarah did not mind. She had a secret friend. She only wished that somehow she could say thank you. That's Miss Minchin, the lady in charge that's not very nice. One day, the monkey came back. You silly thing, said Sarah. She hid him under her coat and slipped next door. You found our monkey again, said Ramdas when he saw her. Please come in. The master, Mr. Carrisford, will be glad if you visit. Inside sat a sad-looking man with a kind face. So you're the little girl in the attic, said Mr. Carrisford. Suddenly, Sarah understood. You sent those wonderful things to me, she said slowly. You are my friend. She took his thin hand and kissed it. Tell me, what is your name, asked Mr. Carrisford. Sarah, she said. Sarah Crew. Mr. Carrisford, Carrisford became so pale. Sarah was afraid that he would faint. What's wrong, she cried. What's wrong, she cried. You are Captain Crew's child, said Mr. Carrisford in wonder. He was my best friend. I have been looking for you for so long. I am the child that you were looking for, Sarah whispered, and I was right next door. If only I had known, Mr. Carrisford said. You see, Sarah, your father did not lose his fortune. I have kept it for you. You will live a good life with me. I'm glad, said Sarah, but please, what about Becky? She lives in the attic, too, and Miss Minchin is so mean to her. Becky can come, too, said Mr. Carrisford. The very same day, Sarah and Becky left Miss Minchin's school forever. Miss Minchin was angry and upset. She even begged Sarah to come back, but Sarah said never. Most of the girls were happy for Sarah. Becky, of course, was happiest of all. Becky's the girl that they were working and living in the attic together. I was right, Becky told Sarah. You always were a princess. You always will be. I always tried to be, Sarah said softly. What did you think of that story? Good. Good. 
baby. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Bye.